So today at work, somebody thought they were joking around with me. They start laughing and say, hey, Ryan, you going to check out Sonic tonight? <laughs> yes, I but am. Why would someone joke about that with you? Don't they know who you are? That's what I said. Don't you know who I am? I'm Ryan Snelling, motherfucker. I host a movie review podcast that you clearly haven't subscribed to yet on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Non-listener confirmed. That's right. That's right. Non-listener confirmed. How do you? Everyone that I work with. And they started <laughs> They started inferring a lot. Like, oh, I can't believe you want to go see that. Do you think it'll be good? You want to? You like Sonic? You're inferring a lot. Look, we... we Try to see as much as we can, and Sonic just happened to be the biggest release, but also the movie that we felt like had the most conversation around it, whether we actually wanted to or not. Yeah, I'm not going to say that you and I were like running out to see this. Weren't we talking about last week flipping a coin to see what the worst of the two movies we could possibly review was, and whatever the coin fell on, we would just go to? Like That was kind of our whole thought process behind this. Even though this weekend isn't good... Valentine's Day weekend. I I still didn't want to leave it up to chance. Like if like I said, at least we could actually talk about Sonic. Whereas I don't know how much I'd have to say about the photograph. Yeah, totally. You and I might just be like vomiting at this point. If, had we seen Fantasy Island, dude, I have no interest in fucking Fantasy Island. Like I I already don't like Jeff Wadlow very much as a filmmaker. He's done one thing that he's directed that I kind of liked, and it was an episode of Bates Motel. But that's because, you know, Bates Motel, he's reined in and it's 40 minutes. So, I mean, I felt like we only had one door that we could potentially go down. Because I kind of want to see the photograph, but it's not the kind of movie that you and I are going to review on this podcast. I mean, I I just don't want to see it. I mean, it has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm not going to say that it's bad. But it also just is never going to be my thing. It doesn't matter who's in it. I just don't ever need to see a movie like that. I, I didn't know that I could also say that about Sonic, at least going into it. But we'll, we'll get that, you know, going here in a second. Downhill was the other movie that I was actually really interested in. It has a 47% on Rotten really? Tomatoes. Yeah. That's too bad, because I really actually am curious about that. I mean, that won't stop me from seeing it, but I'm a little surprised it's so low. Oh, I'm 100% going to see it. I don't know if it's going to be in theaters or not, but I definitely want to watch it for this year. And... You know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts coming out of Sundance, and they didn't act like it was that divisive of a film. They talked highly about it, so I don't know. Who knows? We'll get to downhill. But unfortunately, we saw Sonic. And also, unfortunately, (laughs) this is a movie already with so much baggage. And I guess that's part of how our our conversation is going to benefit here. And maybe we can... um, you know, bring us into the movie review by talking about the uh, behind-the-scenes bullshit. And I kind of want just to solidify our stance on this real quick, even though it might actually be unrelated to how we feel about the movie. I want to know how... Where did you plant your flag when it came to the visual effects and sort of the fans deciding what Sonic looked like before the movie came out? Well, I, I'll i be honest. I Like, I grew up playing the games and stuff, so I really didn't love the design the first time we saw it. So I understood the backlash because I did think the character looked wonky, but I did find it odd that also an entire industry kind of shifted overnight because of the backlash and pushed their entire film back to redesign it. Mm. I mean, as it turned out, it wasn't like a full redesign. This was a design that they had already had at one point. Like, it only cost 
five million dollars or something to overlay it on the stuff that was already done. So, I mean, there's that. But you also have to think that even with that overlay comes a lot of extra work and stuff for a lot of VFX artists who probably worked overtime just to get this thing finished, which is too bad, you know, just in general. Well, we sat in a pretty full theater. Yes, we did. On a Thursday night, which I didn't know Thursday night movies could pull a crowd. Like, of of this kind of movie. This family film, these live action, uh, you know, you called it a video game movie, which of course it is, but also it isn't because it wants to... It's like a family film. It also just wants to fit the mold of like, hey, we have this CGI creature interacting with live action. You know, there's all that. We'll get into it. But it was a nice... Full theater on a Thursday a night. Very full theater, like close to sold out. Yeah, which it's not like that. We're not in the biggest theater room. Like we go to an AMC that's like inside of a mall. There's only like so many rows in the particular theater that we saw, but still, it was enough to impress us. And maybe that will justify if it does well at the box office. Maybe it'll justify the the pushing back the date, but also the redesign. Who knows? Yeah. But. I'm also not convinced. It's a super complex issue. I know for a fact that the the version of Sonic that we have now, theatrically, is just objectively better than the one before. Yes, 100%. The design is 100% better. Like, to the point where, like, shame on the studio. <laughs> shame on the studio, and I get it. You know, Detective Pikachu did something similar. Let's try to infuse a more realistic approach to how we design these characters. Let's give them some fur. You know, it's not nearly as true to the character of Sonic as it was in Detective Pikachu and those Pokemon, but I get why they did what they did, but also I don't understand how you can't just apply those same rules to the actual design of Sonic instead of like, hey, put Sonic on there. I know... In a video game, it's a solid blue main. Okay, just make that fur and that's it. Like you don't have to change the design of his legs and his eyes. It's 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 already an animated CGI character in the real world. So why not do the design that is true to the nature of the character? It's so weird because this totally falls into kind of what I've been bitching about over the last week with this whole Birds of Prey name change thing too. Because, it, and you just kind of go with me for a second and it all tie together, but these studios do focus groups and things like that about marketing, about design. Before you even like start shooting, they do focus groups with people to find out what they prefer, what they don't prefer, like right. things like that. So how does a Sonic design like that get so far when it looks so bad in the same way that this Harley Quinn movie has to have its name changed to try to get people to get in when you do the, you spend millions of dollars to do stuff like this and yet you still blindly don't pay attention to what you're doing. Right. It's utterly bizarre to me. Like I can't believe a design like that got as far as it did that it made it into a trailer that made people have to even say anything. Right. And this is just one of those cases where they just should have known. Like, right, just 100%. should have done it. So maybe I can't prove that this is why this movie's going to be a success because they went back and did the redesign. Like, that'd be silly of me. And I just genuinely don't know that. So maybe it's going to flop or maybe it's going to be a success no matter what. But you should have just known to do the right thing and stay true to the character and give us the design that we ultimately got because I do think that it looks good. 
Did no one learn from Fox and the Galactus situation in Rise of the Silver Surfer? Like, really? Did no one learn? There's a million of those examples, but that's the thing, man. You talked about focus groups. We talked about studios before. They just do a lot of dumb things. All the time. It's fucking bizarre to me. And this is just another in that same line of bullshit. But, I mean, also, I guess, good for them for going back, but I feel like I shouldn't have to pat them on the back for doing that because it's the kind of thing that you should have been thinking about already. Right. I I just can't imagine if Ryan Snelling, if I am in charge of bringing Sonic to the big screen for the first time, I cannot imagine doing anything but something in the vein of what we ultimately got. Like there's just nothing else to do but stay true to the design. So it's silly. So to bring it back around, in this particular case, I am glad that they listened to the general public. Now there's that whole debate where it's like, is this criticism coming from a group of people that are even going to go see this movie anyway? That's a whole other debate. I don't know. But if tonight was any indication where we're at, people are showing up. Yeah, but we, I'm, I guess what I'm saying, we don't know that those are the same people. No, but no. I mean, I'll just, I'm more just saying that there was people our age who were there, and I would guarantee that some of them were probably the people that were online. I can't say for sure, but I mean, there was also a lot of families, but there was enough people our age that I could almost think that there's got to be some of them. You know what I, I mean? I mean, we'll I mean, never maybe. know. We'll never know, but... Yeah, who knows? But we saw it. So we can speak to it, but thankfully the studio listened. I thought the opening title cards were hilarious, by the way, because Sony had one that, you know, they tried to do the Marvel and DC thing. Oh, the Sega thing? Yeah. Where they throw up a quick slideshow of their products, and I just thought it was so strange because why is Sega doing that? Isn't Sega bought by Nintendo, by the way? I don't know if it's bought by Nintendo. They Nintendo definitely licensed the or has they, the license because they've to definitely the rights, done though. like the Sonic Mario games and stuff. Right. But I mean, Sony is trying to do their own studio thing though, so that's probably part of the reason they're doing it. They're hoping to do more movies, so this is like the beginning of them trying to do that, I guess. And if it makes money, hey, it's probably gonna take the training wheels off and let them go crazy trying to do it. But I mean, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they did the redesign, but I think that's the only thing they can really stick their hat on. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I wasn't overly impressed, and maybe I'm not the target demographic for this film, um, which is weird considering it definitely feels like it should be a nostalgic grab for people like us because it's a Sonic the Hedgehog film. We were the, like, ground zero of that franchise when it launched. Yes. But on top of that, you also have Jim Carrey in it, and Jim Carrey only matters to our generation. Like, he's not huge with anyone post, like, 2000, really. So there's not really going to be kids who care about Jim Carrey being Dr. Robotnik, if that I mean, makes Jim Carrey kind of doesn't matter to me now anymore, the but, way that Adam Sandler doesn't. But so, you, like, you know what I mean, though. Like, it's, it's the idea of trying to do that. You're not wrong. And we've seen him be a villain before in another... Famous property, and it wasn't great then either. We we could have come out of the movie talking about how good Jim Carrey was, but at the same time, like I don't want Jim Carrey's comeback to be in this movie anyway. So it's kind of no, like one hundred percent. It was kind of like a lost cause. Sure, and I don't disagree with that. So I mean, at the end of the day, I I'm gonna never understand why the idea of doing a movie like this 
hinges on them being like cute CGI character hanging out with a human. Yeah. What is James Marsden doing? Like this is his third go at a movie like this because there isn't there a sequel to that hot movie or is it just that hot movie? No, no. Maybe you're right. I think there might be a sequel. I can't remember. I mean, I, we definitely saw another animated bunny one earlier, which is they made a sequel to Peter Rabbit. We saw right. a trailer for that. Maybe I'm thinking of that. But I mean, we definitely have Hop, and then like you look at. Uh, I mean, I'll give him Enchanted. Like that one's a little bit different. Uh, yeah, I don't count that. But. This whole idea that we have to be pairing characters with humans for some reason is so bizarre to me. Like, we see Sonic's world at the beginning of the movie, and it's cool, and it's interesting, and I'm sure you could have made a 90-minute film just there. 100%. And that was the most interesting part of the movie, and it was the first five minutes. Well, there's a lot to unpack with all of this. Let let's walk it back just a little bit more, and we can we can sure dive no a totally. Bit deeper, I'm I'm just go. I'm getting ahead of myself. The easiest comparison, and the most recent comparison, is probably Detective Pikachu. Right. A lot of similarities. What's funny though is I remember laughing at the Detective Pikachu announcement, and now I realize in retrospect that is like exactly what I wanted and exactly what we need from a lot of these franchises so the the biggest difference is that sonic the hedgehog could have been a sonic the hedgehog movie but instead it becomes a super generic family film that we've seen a million times over it doesn't help that there's an opening tease where he is actually in this full cgi environment the the video game where they make a lot of jokes as to how like the physics don't really matter there's you know yeah there's no school there's there's renegade loop-de-loops in his jungle like (laughs) we we get to laugh at that but once you stretch it and and force it to become this generic family film not only do you take away just those genuinely cool visuals but you also have to give like newfound meaning to things that exist like the rings for right, example 100%. let's come up with how we make the rings make sense in a movie like this so you start to stretch it becomes a little bit disingenuous and it sucks for people who grew up playing the video game like we did so i i'm not gonna act like i didn't know that this was potentially coming it's the fact that we did get probably exactly what we thought we were gonna get but i'm kind of shocked at the fact that I just enjoyed it way less than I thought it was going totally. to. Totally. And it, and it's funny you bring up the de- the Detective Pikachu thing because it's clearly the basis of this. Um, and kind of going back to our top 100 of the decade, it's also clearly kind of pulling from Deadpool with like the meta commentary humor and stuff like that. Sure. But with Detective Pikachu, the reason that the human hybrid thing works with the Pokemon is that is inherent to the game. Like yeah. in the game... You're hanging out as a human with the creatures. So, inherently, the idea of bringing that to the big screen makes sense. Sonic doesn't do that. Sonic lives in a world, at least for the most part in the Sega Genesis games, where humans don't exist outside of Robotnik. Yeah, and that's what Pokemon can get away with. It's the fact that... Um, I can't remember his first name, but Goodman, the main character in Pikachu. I just mm-hmm. remember that because that's one of my best friend's names. Goodman exists in Pikachu's world. Right. James Marsden doesn't exist in Sonic's world. So that's where you have to stretch and and bring this beloved character. Fish out of water story. Looking works, for a family. Works a lot of the time, but not, not here. Especially when 
you know, like I said, it makes sense that Goodman exists with all of the Pikachu because they're just in his world. And then, like, it's weird to, like, call Sonic an alien because yeah. that's, what, that's what they're doing here. And I guess I understand why they do it. Because he's technically an alien creature to their world, I suppose. Yeah, but it's not... That's that's what makes it less of a Sonic movie and just a justification for, you know, whatever this is, this family movie is. And you know what? I, I will give it this, too. And it's funny that we brought this up with the rhythm section is the rhythm section starts in the middle of a scene, like halfway through the movie. And you don't care once you catch up to it. This movie does the same thing again, like just like Deadpool starts right towards the like the yeah. end of the second act. And catches you up, and then he goes, oh, hey, now we're here again. Like, at least it used it correctly, and I was intrigued, but it never goes farther than being semi-entertaining for children, and that's my biggest problem. Right. That, that's a weird idea. Like, that's something I'm struggling with, but I'm not fully going all in on that point, just because I know that there is a limit, there is a threshold to as to how much this movie was supposed to be for me. Right. Like, if if I complain that it wasn't for me, then I just feel like I'm an entitled brat. I'm a 29-year-old dude complaining about the Sonic totally. movie. But that doesn't mean that it can't... You know, some of the best kids' movies are great for adults, too. Pixar we, has excelled at that. Yeah. So, I don't... I feel justified somewhat, but I'm also not going to hold it entirely against because this movie can just be for kids and that's fine. Totally. And I, I said as much when I kind of tweeted out my initial reaction, it was like, I've come to terms with the fact that the movie wasn't made for me. It's just kind of a bummer because in a lot of ways, I felt like we were the perfect audience to merge with the children and to do something more interesting. Because there's a lot of the jokes that Sonic is making that because Ben Schwartz voices him, and so they definitely kind of let him riff and do all his own things, very Ryan Reynolds-like, so there's right. a lot of weird meta humor. And so a lot of those jokes, I think, are supposed to be for us, but the thing is, is they're just not really funny. By the way, you know what's funny about that opening number? I was thinking so much about The Flash. Sure, I thought the same exact thing. It's literally the him narrating and being like, so I guess you're probably wondering why I'm here. Like, th- that's what the pilot of The Flash does, and he's also running through the street. It's like the exact same thing. It's funny that later on in the movie, you can see Sonic reading The Flash comic books, and there's a few other... Um, Easter, not Easter eggs, reference and allusions to other movies that are like that in a, in a similar fashion. But... um. That's what I thought of. And you're right. I didn't... It, it's funny to judge like the third act because I didn't like find it that particularly compelling. No. I, th- I thought a lot of it was actually pretty dumb. And I had a great example of what was... The, oh, yeah. His girlfriend... Are they married? In the They're movie? married. And okay. I have a his, whole thing I want to bring up. His that. wife's um, sister, who... Literally like, exist just to try to convince her to leave him. But it makes zero sense. Exactly. It, it is literally nothing. So if you haven't seen the Sonic movie and you don't care about the Sonic movie, let me just set this up for you real quick. This is just like a happy cu- couple. There's like barely any sort of conflict because it's not about them. It's not about their marriage at all. They kind of decide to move away somewhere, but... And like, Marsden's going to become a cop in San Francisco. So, and like, she's also just like 100% in on it. She just kind of has to ask him if he's sure that that's right. what he wants. So it's like a very like surface level kind of conversation. And then she says she's going to San Francisco 
to check out some neighborhoods or whatever. I guess her sister happens to live there. And so the next scene, when he calls her on the phone, her sister is in the background just, like, asking her to be weary of him and to, like, ask a divorce. And it's just, like, from complete out-of-nowhere left field. Like, it just makes no sense at all. There's zero context for it. And there's just nothing in the movie that's about their marriage, but also leads you to believe that it's in trouble or, like, it's just not a divorce movie. And it's literally that character's only existence is to do that. <laughs> yeah. it, it's fucking bizarre. It's This is a thing I'm actually really hung up on. And <laughs> legitimately, I was tweeting about it a little bit ago. And I am hung up on it. I mean, again, part of this is probably, arguably, because I am, you know, fresh through the divorce thing. Okay. No, legitimately, PJ. though. You un- you have to understand where I'm coming from with this. We have movies. We'll see. <laughs> we have movies that can make divorce and things like that like an actual storyline and it works. Look at Mrs. Doubtfire. Like you have a reason to care about what's going on with that. So the fact that they make a character that literally only exists to just shout that the dude who's actually seemingly taking pretty good care of her sister and moving her closer to her. And all she wants to do is be like, you need to divorce that man is one of the dumbest things ever because it literally holds no weight to the film. And it's just a bad joke that runs the entire film. I mean, you're not wrong. I feel like you're you're getting a little bit deeper with it than I was, but I mean, it's just it just makes no sense. No, I mean, it honestly, doesn't. it just even if there were like some jokes as to like I don't know, maybe he's like always late or like coming up short in their relationship, like then I could get the jokes, but it just it's just nothing. Like, it's not. It's <laughs> it's just it really bothered me. And again, I, I I understand that part of it is probably a personal thing for me. I just didn't find it funny. But it also literally doesn't do anything for the film. Well, it doesn't help that none of the characters are are characters. dimensional at no. all. I mean, they are just again kind of going back to like what is James Marsden doing? James Marsden has like one or two scenes with Jim Carrey. I don't know if that's enough to get me to sign on. For the Sonic movie, especially right. when you've been there, done that. There is only one hot movie, by the way. I had to make sure. But I uh, couldn't. I, for some reason, I thought there was a sequel. Also, well, so you I just thought he, I just thought he had done that multiple times, but I couldn't pull it up. But regardless, it's not like he's acting with Ben Schwartz. So I, I don't know what he's doing. He's really the only. I was gonna say he's the only star power because I, I'm just kind of questioning. Jim Carrey's uh, not Jim a Carrey draw star. He's not a draw anymore. But then again, neither is like James Marsden, I guess, because Sonic is the draw. Sonic is the draw. Yeah, I mean, almost to the point where every other character, like I guess Adam Pally, is playing the. But Adam Pally is like barely known to people anyway. Well, and then Neil McDonough has a scene. <laughs> like, yeah. what in the world? Hey, Neil McDonough, you know that dude that you like in a bunch of stuff has a single scene and he doesn't say anything. Yeah, it's it's totally pointless. It, it that's the whole movie though. Like legitimately, that's why I'm so frustrated right now, I think, is that I feel like it's just nothing. And this is not a thing that I complain about very often. Like there were some fine jokes and stuff and again, maybe it seems like we're two 29-year-old and 30-year-old dudes ganging up on a fucking film for families and that's fine. But I don't like, want to I don't want to be that dude that was on YouTube, bitching about Parasite. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> and we're not that, I don't think. I just am more bothered that it just feels like there was so much potential 
that's just wasted. I, I, I don't know that I'm bothered. I mean, I'm gonna I'm reviewing it like every other movie and just laying it out how it is. I don't know if I'm I'm not bu- I'm bummed. There I think there's a difference. I mean I'm bummed because yeah, there yeah. is there is a version of this movie that I, I could have at least enjoyed or maybe sure. even loved, but I'm also not pissed or anything. It's no. I'm just I'm just reviewing it and calling it as I see it. There's a lot of choices that they made that just kinda don't make any sense and they could have done a whole lot more. Now I'm not. I'm not gonna ruin it, and it's silly to say that, but maybe you guys might actually genuinely want to keep this um, spoiler free. But there, there are a couple of instances. I think that they show an interest in playing with a sequel. Now, I think the sequel maybe could possibly do some of the things that we're we're talking about. Maybe totally. The, maybe this was the movie that you know just had to put the butts in the seats. Maybe they can build the franchise outward from from here and I, I hope so i i hope that's the case me too because i i actually think that like i actually like most of the stuff with sonic proper and i actually think that there's stuff that you can do that would be better and you don't have to rely on human characters for it right um which is really fantastic and they they have that going for them but it's more about the now and the problem is is anytime we see something like this in the now we see the promise of what could be decent later. Right. But the problem is, is a lot of time we don't get there. You know, we we very rarely get the follow-up to that. You look at Green Lantern. Green Lantern's a pile for the most part, but it promises the sequel that you were hoping for, and you never get it. Right. Um, I'm hoping that's different here because I think that there's a chance to do something. So at least there's that. Can we also point out the fact that they legitimately make a joke that the Fast and the Furious franchise like exists in this universe and this movie is produced by them. So I just thought it was funny that they threw in dialogue about their own franchise within the film. I, I'm starting to get annoyed with movie reference humor. It's kind of the same as social media humor. It's just so played, but also I don't know why. I can't figure it out, but it takes me out of it for some reason. Sure. I mean, I say that all the time about Game Night. Game Night is a movie that I love. It's one of the best comedies that I've seen in a while. But also, a lot of the humor is just based on movie references. They just reference characters and titles and stuff. And it, I just feel like it... I don't know if dates it is the word, but it like it's just like a weird crutch. And it's like you're trying too hard to like relate to me and it takes me out of it in a very strange way so the fact that they implemented a little bit of that didn't really care for it personally i will say this i think that some of the action beats in the film are actually okay like not to completely dog on the film um i thought the freeway sequence was actually kind of cool and it's funny that that's actually the sequence i was referencing that has that fast and the furious moment right where sonic is driving the car and then he uses the power to become the like sonic ball for the first time i actually thought that sequence was kind of cool um i actually didn't mind the chase through san francisco i thought that was all right i thought the third act battle with robotnik was not particularly very well done though um it it felt very anticlimactic um but i thought that there was enough kind of throughout that i was never bored I just didn't really care, and I think yeah. that's the bigger part for me is I just kind of felt, yeah, like it it was there, and that's just kind of that. I I agree. It 
I was bored. I just didn't care. I wish they made a play similar to, like, just Angry Birds or something. Sure. Like, just have Dr. Robotnik, excuse me, an animated character. I mean, we don't even have to do Sonic, this CGI live-action hybrid. Um, like, the whole movie could have been animated. They They could have done a Detective Pikachu thing, I guess, but the whole thing could have been animated, and I think it would have been better for it. I think that I don't know maybe maybe you're it might actually benefit that way because maybe you can build a solid structure with your franchise anyway with some of the other characters that exist in this world that's that's kind of what I meant by Angry Birds you kind of have all of the characters that you know from the video game right there in the movie and that's that's appealing uh, definitely is. I, I actually, I'll say, I thought that the lack of having tails or shadow in the movie certainly hurts it. And knuckles, that's, knuckles, any <laughs> of them. Like, I mean, and that's again not like the not trying to be the angry video game nerd online that's yelling about we didn't enjoy it. It's not fully that. It's just like those are such key elements to that world, and so it just seems weird to leave them out for James Marsden. Mm-hmm. when James Marsden's just a stand-in character. Like, did we learn nothing from the Smurfs films with NPH? Like, people aren't going to see those because of him. They want to see a movie that has the Smurfs. Of course, they tanked that franchise, and then they did an animated Smurfs film, and no one cared about that either. Right. But the bigger point is, is the plays can be made so early on that that doesn't become a problem later. And that's kind of the situation here. Um, I also thought it was interesting that they definitely tried to do the X-Men Days of Future Past thing and the Quicksilver sequences yeah, where you slow down time because he's so fast. And so they definitely did that with Sonic in the bar. And that sequence was all right, too. Um, I Honestly, I don't know. Like, it was, it was fine. That specific sequence was fine. But I didn't really care for that scene because I didn't understand like how we got there. Like, no, it, it totally. Was, it was just like super appealing to him, and I guess there's this whole like idea that he wants to just experience the world, right? So I guess to that extent, but I also didn't quite put together why specifically he wanted to go to the biker bar. <laughs> it, it just appealed to him because he saw it. I guess so, and it was a unique experience. But I was just kind of like, okay, you you just. You have this sequence in mind, and okay, just take this there. <laughs> is it is it me, or does the movie have like a lot of those ideas throughout where there's just sequences you're like, they clearly cut stuff to get here, and like, was he fascinated by bikers and bars before? Like, yeah. what, what, I, I'm with you in a way, like, what made him so appealed that he felt the need to go there? Right. Other than, oh, he, hey, it looks cool. I guess we could do this all day with every movie like this for sure but you know there's only there's only so much that we can we can say cuz again we're not we're not shocked we're not surprised by this we're just disappointed parents yeah definitely <laughs> and look we we also seem to potentially be in the minority i see a lot of people who are online enjoying it right now so maybe ryan and i are the cranky old curmudgeons that want you to get off our lawn i don't know but like this was n- this was exactly the film I thought it was going to be from the first trailer, which is disappointing in the end because I was actually hoping it would be less surface level than it actually looked. Yeah. But no, it was 100% the movie it said it was. Well, it kind of goes back to what I said about Birds of Prey. It's like, look, just 
as a preference, I don't prefer this type of movie. Right. Like, again, there is a version I could have come out. Birds of Prey's like that. I liked the Birds of Prey. I didn't like the structure or the organization of it, but I liked the Birds of Prey of it all. I liked the story. I liked you like the character, the direction, and the characters. It's like I, I just didn't care for the for the skeleton of it. So that could have happened here, but it, it just didn't. So I don't like this kind of generic family film. It's not for me. It never was going to be for me. I'm not pissed that no. it's um, fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's all good. And look, if you enjoy it, that's great. I'm not going to take that away from anyone. Like, we all have our preferences, and if you just want lighthearted family fun, then maybe this is exactly the thing you need right now. Like, the world sucks sometimes, so just having a laugh, maybe this is exactly what you needed, and maybe this is the Sonic movie that you didn't know you needed. That's fine, too. It just was not the way I would have done it, and that's also, I guess, not fair, but I mean... Even if it was the way that I would have done it this way, I think this would have come up subpar at best. Let's talk about Jim Carrey. Yeah, for let's do it. A second. Now, Dr. Robotnik, he's not someone that I recall having any sort of characterization whatsoever. There was like an animated cartoon that I remember being on. I think it was like There's Fox a couple Kids. of them. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've seen any of them, and I, I don't recall him being in any of them, but I, I guarantee that he is. In, in all of them, honestly, but I just didn't follow it that much. So it's interesting that Dr. Robotnik, his first live action portrayal was just a Jim Carrey character. Right. Um, that was a little bit disappointing to me too. Not that, again, I have a lot of stock in Jim Carrey, not that I expected him to do anything radical. I didn't need him to do anything radical because it's just him playing Dr. Robotnik in a Sonic movie. But... At the same time, he kind of justified my my attitude towards him just because it honestly just makes me think, look, if you're willing to do the Sonic movie and do the thing that you've been doing all of these years, why aren't you willing to do like anything else? Like, why not just do The Mask again or Ace Ventura 3? <laughs> right. Like, literally anything or, else. Or where's your Dolomite movie? Like, right. you know, where's your Dolomite movie? Well, I, he, I, he made his Dolomite back in like 98. What was it? Man on the Moon? That was kind of his Dolomite. Well, I just meant like his big comeback movie. Dude, I, I, don't I mean, agree with you. I not just like meant, a biographical thing. Sure. Specifically. I just mean his comeback. But you're not wrong. I mean, and look. He's got that show on Showtime, but I haven't seen it. I don't know. Is that even on still? I think so. I thought it got canceled. Maybe I'm wrong. I, don't um, I will say this: like it's what you're saying, kind of goes to exactly to the whole thing with him playing the Riddler, also, right? I mean, the Riddler became a character that was just a Jim Carrey character. It wasn't yeah. an actual representation of the Riddler on screen. And I mean, I like Batman Forever fine because I was seven when it came out, Ooh. and so like I definitely have some fond memories of it, but like it's not exactly the interpretation of the Riddler I've been waiting for. There's a reason they haven't really touched that character in since. I mean, Matt Reeves is the first director who's using the character now because enough time has gone away. But the bigger thing is, is it's like Robotnik could have been an actual compelling kind of villain, to be honest, if you had done it correctly with any actor who was not Jim Carrey just being Jim Carrey. And that's not a knock at Jim Carrey. Like, he's great at what he does. There's a reason we still like him. I mean, there's a reason that movies like Liar Liar and Ace Ventura and stuff still hold up. Because we like him for who he is. But this was not the movie for that. 
Right. It, it's just that's the thing I feel most comfortable saying I'm disappointed in. It's is Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, because they could have just casted literally anyone, anybody. And they wouldn't have done what Jim Carrey did, but also I would have had the exact same. I would have had the exact same takeaway from the character. I think honestly, and I just would have said, you know, why, why this? Like, what was with the random Jim Carrey dance number in the middle of the film? I don't know. Again, just letting Jim Carrey be Jim Carrey, which great, but like that is not that character to me. It could have been literally anything else, and that's. Right. I think that's going to kind of come down to this movie for both of us is that this movie could have literally been anything else, you know, it's not. And that's part of the problem, but it could have literally been anything else. Jeff Fowler. What else has he directed? I meant to look and I hadn't. Does he, he have anything? He directed a short called Gopher broke and he worked on some of the visual effects for where the wild things are. Okay. And he acted in an episode of Gilmore Girls. So that's it for Jeff Fowler. So that's Jeff Fowler, ladies and gentlemen. Born in Normal, Illinois. So this dude got a Sonic the Hedgehog film. And he certainly made it. God, I really wish he made the movie at the beginning. The, the stuff that was at the very beginning, I wish that was the movie. I'm looking I, at a, I know. I'm looking at a screen grab from it. It's actually at the top of uh, IMDb right now cuz it's like a paused video. Right. But uh, that specific shot of his home world is the the beginning here and it just looks it looks so good. I think that's going to be my biggest takeaway from all of this and I think it, arguably it's also my biggest problem with the movie is that we see what the movie could be. Because they show us what the movie could be, and then they move away from that movie after 10 minutes. Not right. even. Like, I, I, I'm I, almost more bothered by the fact that we see what it could have been versus had we never seen it. Because if right. we had not seen the world and seen that whole sequence, I probably wouldn't be nearly as kind of bummed out. Because without seeing it, you would never know what you were missing. Right. But by seeing it, you know what you're missing, and that hurts more. No. I'm uncomfortable talking about this anymore. Yeah, I think we can wrap it up. Let's talk about where we rank uh, this. Is this worse than Rhythm Section? No. I mean, I'd rather watch this over Rhythm Section. Okay, fair enough. I'm undecided. I That's could go fair. back and forth. It just depends. You know, this this is like a harmless movie in a way that like Rhythm Section is a movie that could have been for me and just kind of fails at just being a... I don't know, a good movie. Um, I guess the jury's still out on if Sonic the Hedgehog is a good movie. I think that it probably is. But, yeah, I, I, I might, depending on the day, go back and forth on that one, though. But it's still in the bottom tier, for sure. I mean, I've only seen, what is this, the this is fifth our or the sixth? Fifth, or this is my fifth, but you didn't see Gentleman. Huh? No, I didn't see Gentleman, but I saw It Man, and you didn't. Oh, that's so, true. But I saw... Uh, to all the boys, P.S. I still love you, and you didn't. And I saw the color of space, and you didn't. So we're oh, yeah. we're okay. both at six right now. Okay, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely in the bottom two that I've seen, and I can safely say I would rather watch it again over the rhythm section because that's not a hard pass for me. Or like, I just really didn't like rhythm section. This right. one is like, I would put it on on a Saturday afternoon while I was cleaning the house. And it could be on, and I wouldn't be bothered by it. 
if that makes sense. Like, it could be on, and that's fine. Right. Rhythm section, I would just turn off. You know, I don't think next week is going to be any better, because I just know nothing about the movies that are coming out, and I just genuinely do not want to see The Call of the Wild. I I am interested in Call of the Wild, but I also understand everyone's skepticism towards it. Um, my bigger thing is it's directed by the gentleman who did Lilo and Stitch, and I think he is a very good filmmaker. He also directed the first How to Train Your Dragon, so I'm curious to see what he can do in live action. I, it's a hard jump, I know. Like, not everyone can be Brad Bird and go from The Incredibles to Mission Impossible. You know, like that's not everyone, and I understand that. I mean, I guess. Just based on what we did this weekend, we chose Sonic the Hedgehog. I feel like Call of the Wild is just going to be the exact same case. I just was actually curious about Sonic, and I just don't give a shit at all about Call of the Wild. But that's I didn't pro- know Karen Gillan was in it until today. <laughs> Dan Stevens is also in it, apparently. Yes, apparently. I did not know that. So I guess that's going to be the thing that, that we do. But guys... Whether you watch it or not, you can hear us, bitch, or maybe, or maybe, rejoice in in that next week. So please join us here on Movie House. We just got the announcement that the Hunt is coming back. I forgot to March. ask you about that. How do you? How are you feeling? I I was so excited when I saw that. Oh, you I were was thrilled. Th- you I was. You were literally the first person I thought of when I saw the announcement. Oh, I was thrilled. I woke up. I couldn't believe it. That was the first thing that I did that morning. I guess the trailer was out in time. And I saw the poster. Man, I was so happy waking up the other day to the news. Yeah. I I mean, because you and I had talked about it for a while. I know we don't cover movie news on here ever, but I was so pissed last year with that whole situation. I was pissed too. And so when it happened, I couldn't believe it. And it was just one of those things that I kept forgetting to bring up to you. Like, you, it's Damon Lindelof, The Hunt. Like, I I want it. I need it. Like, give it to me. So I'm glad we're finally getting it. Also, apparently, The Invisible Man. Actually, pretty damn good. I yeah. I was hopeful. I thought the trailers were fantastic. I like Lee Winnell. Yeah. So we'll 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 get to cooking here, and then we have Onward and the Way Back on the same weekend at the beginning of March. So I think all we have to do is get into March, and 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 we'll be good. Yeah, the beginning of the year is always hard. Like stuff is real scattershot. Like we were lucky that Bad Boys was so early on mm. to to start strong. So we have February 28th, we have Invisible Man. March 6th, we have Onward and the Way Back. March 13th, we have Bloodshot and the Hunt. March 20th, A Quiet Place 2. And March 27th, we have Mulan. So March... March looks good. I'm excited. Yeah, March looks good. There's going to be a lot to say in March. Guys, right now, on this very podcast feed... There's a discussion between myself and Austin Burke. We talked about Lock and Key Season 1, without spoilers, but it's a Season 1 review, and we discuss To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, so go and check that out. It's the episode that predates this one. On the podcast feed, I'm making some changes behind the scenes yet again. It should not affect you guys in the least. I'm switching hosting platforms yet again. Not not doing Anchor anymore, huh? I'm leaving Anchor, at least for now. Where are you headed? Do you have an idea yet? Podbean. Okay, so headed over to Podbean. Podbean's good. Podbean's good. I'm very familiar with Podbean, and they just have a better setup with their sponsorships, and I think I can do more there. No, that's totally fair. I I applaud the move. Yeah, so hopefully it all works out, and you guys are none the wiser. 
because that's just how it should be. So we love you. Thank you for coming back week to week. PJ Campbell, where can they find you online? Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PJ underscore Campbell. Find me here every week talking movies with Ryan. Whether we want to or not, we're going to do it because we love you guys. Um, And, of course, you can find my podcast, The PJ Campbell Show, wherever podcasts are sold. Guys, you can check out my other podcast called Sight and Sound that I host with Jay Williams. You can find the Sight and Sound podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, the YouTube channel. And also our Twitch channel, just search Sight Sound Pod. You can find it, especially if you follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you'll see it. I am at What Up Snell. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the next one.